Lease Lunch continues, brought to you by Lease Busters. Get out of your vehicle lease ASAP. Over 200,000 customers per month looking to take over your lease. What a relief. Go to leasebusters.com. Mike Babcock will join us here in just a moment. Brian Hayes, the O-Dog, Jeff O'Neill, Craig Button around the table. We'll get to the uh, Grit Grinder later in the hour. We've got some uh, prop bets to get to, second-half prop bets, a first-half puzzle. we got a lot of things to do today. Uh, Ray's coming up just after one. So the Maple Leafs wrap up the uh, first half of the season last night. 3-1 loss to Columbus. was not a great game, not an entertaining game. And they wrap up the first half with a record of 16-18-7. 16-18-7. And to discuss the first half and to look ahead to the second half, we're joined now by the head coach of the Maple Leafs. Here is Mike Babcock. How you doing, Mike? I'm doing great. How are you guys? We're doing well. Uh, so just mention it. Through 41 games, you guys are 16-18-7. Do you feel like your record is a true indicator of the way your team has played? Well, I don't think your record ever lies. I mean, you are... You are what you are. What I would tell you is what I know is we lost last night. And we weren't as prepared as we should have been at the start of the game, so we played catch-up hockey. So what I try to do is just live in the present. And so to me, our job is to get better each and every day, to maximize our group. I think we've done a pretty good job of that. I didn't like last night. Uh, I coached in uh, Detroit and played in the Western Conference for a long time. When we came home after trips, we struggled a lot. We tried a bunch of different things. I thought we had enough time off prior to this game to be jumping right out the gate. Uh, even though we, you know, had scoring chances and outshot them two to one and all that stuff in the end, uh, catch a hockey's losing the hockey, and I didn't like it. So, I mean, yeah, lots of things have been real positive about the first half. Uh, game forty-one wasn't. You talk about the execution, how you didn't like it early on. And I know a lot of your teams don't really fight. Do you think with the arena, the energy in that building, it might have been an opportunity? I know Dion had an altercation. Or do you not want a guy like that fighting to kind of create some momentum? <laughs> I never thought about Who asked me the question? Sorry. That's Jeff O'Neill talking hey, to you. Sorry about that, Jeff. Just so I know, no, I never really thought much about that we needed a fight. I, I thought we needed not to turn it over at the blue line and get on the four check. But I guess there's lots of ways to generate energy in your building and and to me when you play real good and you get your crowd awake that really helps you i didn't think we did much until uh you know this well i thought we pushed hard in the second and the third but at the first we didn't but no i didn't say to Dion go out there and get in a scrap that wasn't a priority for me at all talking about your team mike and you, you mentioned about detroit and you talk about generating and you know playing with a purpose and you know the way your team has played this year what is the biggest change with respect to you had all the skill in Detroit that could create offense? How do you try to keep the spirits of your players up, knowing that they got to create offense in a different way? Well, I think you're trying to do lots of things similar. In saying all that, what they, game breakers are game breakers. I'm just preparing for Chicago. I mean, the game's going on, and suddenly someone makes a play within the structure of how their team plays, but they just flat out beat somebody. And, and so you don't have as many of those things go on. I'm Right now I'm watching the highlights of L.A. They've got a few guys that are just flat out making some plays different than our guys would make them. So we just got to do it longer and harder. But the other thing you don't do very well is you don't play catch-up hockey very well because you don't have those game breakers who can make 
nothing, you know, to something. That's just reality. Actually, losing Van Riemsdyk, he was the one guy, even when James doesn't have a good game at the end of the game, he's in all the scoring chances. He just has that ability about him. So that's what game breakers do. But in in developing your team and creating the kind of uh, club you want to have here, you want to have a number of game breakers that give you those opportunities. So ideally with good drafts and our development here, some of these kids will end up being real good players. With Mike Babcock, the head coach of the Maple Leafs, uh, when you took the gig, one of the first things you said about your players in this market, you said you wanted to make it a safer place. And we've talked a lot about that on this show in the first half. We're surprised with how quiet the team has been. I mean, when you compare it to last year, and I know you weren't here, but I know you're aware of it. I mean, there was controversy after controversy and talking point after talking point. A lot of it coming off the ice has not been the case this year, how have you gone about making it such a safe place for your players? Well, we address it. We talk about it. Even today we talked about it. Evidently, last night after the game, uh, we weren't as, as accessible to the media as we should have been. Uh, hey, when you play real good, be happy to be in there and talking to them. When you play bad, be in there and talking to them. Own what you do. The other thing I'd say to you is when your fans think you play hard, and work hard. When you go to a restaurant in town, they treat you with respect. When they don't think you work hard, you don't get the same kind of respect. I think Toronto's been fantastic that way for us this year. They've treated us fantastic. We have a fan base here second to none, and they've appreciated the work ethic of the guys. I can feel it when I'm out in the community. When you don't play hard, you're going to pay the price for doing that. And so to me, that's one of the things we've been able to do. But we address, we try to address it every day, accountability. We addressed how we played last night. If you do that, I think you have a better chance of people appreciating you. I've been a little bit surprised. I've lived here my whole life. Uh, a little bit surprised with how the fan base has been really accepting of the plan and has been patient and has been optimistic. And I think a lot of people in the city are talking positively about what's happened in the first half. And even with that being the case, you're a bottom five team. Were you, ex- were you expecting that kind of support considering the way the team has played and, and considering the standings? You know, to be honest with you, I didn't know I didn't know anything about the market that way. Obviously, when you come into Toronto, you know it's a big city, a nice city. I know there's tons of hockey fans, but you don't know what kind of market it is, and you don't know the kind of support you're going to have. But I'm with you. I, I'm I'm impressed with how much support we get and how the people treat us. If you've been here a long time, you've been a Leaf fan for a long time. You got to be tired of being average. You want to be really good. I don't blame them. Uh, I'd like to be really good, too, and I think we're a work in progress. So we've got about a month and a half between now and the deadline, and your team will be a focal point. Every team in the league will be. Um, You've been going through this for a long time as a head coach. How do you get your team through that storm between now and the deadline? Well, I just think we get ready for the next game. That's all we're doing is you get ready for the next game. You play as hard as you possibly can, and you keep going. And, And to me, you can spend a lot of time worried about the noise around you or you can know what you know and do what you do and enjoy what you're doing and when you play hard at night you get to enjoy the next day a lot more than when you don't so to me that'll be our focus living in the present getting better each day with mike babcock head coach of the maple Leafs, uh through 41 games what have you learned about your two goaltenders well it's been an interesting ride that's a real good question by you by the way um so you know, I think both have had their struggles. I think Grimes got her going earlier than Bernie did and really played well. And then obviously we went through the groin thing for a long period of time and he's trying to get his game back. 
Bernie really struggled, and it's well-documented. Didn't play uh, like he's capable of playing. Now seems to have things going and feeling much better about himself. And obviously, you know, we need him to play real well to be successful. So it's a priority for us that they both continue to play well. When you look at uh, players like Morgan Riley, Jake Gardner, Nazem Kadri, who, by your own words, Dion Phaneuf, have played really, really well. What excuse do you me, excuse me, Greg. Sorry about that. Uh, the phone I'm talking on, the alarm was going off, so it, I missed what you were saying. Yeah, I apologize. Yeah, no worries, no worries. Uh, you know, Morgan Riley, Jake Gardner, Dion Phaneuf, Nazem Kadri have really given really good play to the Leafs this year, and really look like they can be part of what you have going forward. How, you know, when you try to create that safe environment and and make sure that they can feel good about themselves, and how much is is convincing them that it, it's about playing the right way and, and not getting hung up on, on productivity numbers? Well, you know, what's been really interesting for me is that uh, when you think of Kadri, when you think of Riley, when you think of Gardner, uh, I think they've been great, and I think they get better each and every day. I think they've been real, real solid, to say the least, and I I'm very impressed with him. Even in the game last night, I thought Riley was good. I thought Gardner was real good. I didn't think Naz was as good, but his game in L.A., I was so impressed with him the other night. They were out there running around. He's right there running around. Trade. I didn't know he was competitive like he is or could be as good defensively as we play him head-to-head against the best people in the hardest matchups each night. He's doing a heck of a job. So those guys have done a real good job for us. Dion's different than those guys. Because those guys are young guys moving ahead. Dion's more of a veteran player. What he's been able to provide for us that I didn't know was going to happen is I didn't know he was as good, good a man as he is. I didn't know he trained as hard as he did, lived right, and was on the young guys in a positive way as much as he is. To me, he's been excellent that way and been a big part of us being able to get our players to compete on a nightly basis because of his his preparation and and him being on, guys. Tim Polak, Leo, and Hunwick have been unbelievable pros here. Did you have to instigate that out of Dion, or did that just come about naturally? You know, that's that's a great question. I don't know uh, much about that. To me, when you've been a pro a long time, you got a lot of things that you do. Anytime a new coach or a new manager come in, they have things they want to done a certain way. But I never got any pushback for them from them at all. We discuss things though. Um, I try not to catch anybody by surprise. Uh, he's been all in and done an excellent job for us. I talked to him to a number of times this summer after I got the job. He was good the whole time when our strength people and sports science people went out to see him. He was working hard. Uh, I mean, I think he's been excellent that way. And Not knowing him prior, even though I had him at Olympic camp, not knowing him prior in the way I know him now, I don't want to say I was shocked, but I was pleasantly surprised at what a great pro he is. There's so much focus on the young players with your team and where the team is going and a three- or five-year plan and focus on the draft and the draft lottery. Um, but we were talking to Dale Town earlier the week and, and talking about what's going on in Florida. And obviously there's going to be focus on Barkov and Ekblad and Huberdeau and young players that are really playing well. But he couldn't talk enough about the Willie Mitchells and the Brian Campbells and the Yagers and the Luongos. Um, when you're building the quote-unquote, you know, not perfect team, but winning team or a team you yeah. believe can compete in the future, how important is it 
to have that fusion of, of young players who are impact players, but also veteran players who have been there and done it before. Well, I think it's so, so important. I just think about all the lessons uh, that the players can teach young players that the coach can't. Uh, the coach isn't at the back of the plane. He's not at the back of the bus. He's not at the team meals. That's just reality. But when you have good people leading the way, when you have Datsuk, Sederberg, and Cronwell leading the way, and you bring a young guy and you put him in the stall next to him, and they do things right, and they take him for dinner, yeah, I mean... That's a great thing. The other night when we were on the road, I don't know where we were, I saw Bernier with Bebo. And then another time I saw Fanuf, the young guy we had called up. Like To me, those are the things that you need to have happen. You need people to show them the right way. And, and it's easy in big cities when you're a young person to get going the wrong direction. And so when you put them in an environment where you have good, good pros around them, uh, I think that really helps. So to say you need all young people, I know, that's not what you need at all. You need good direction for those guys, and so you need enough good leaders on the team. I think that's what I talked about, Hanwick and Polak and Leo and Dion. I think they've done an excellent job this year. Always appreciate you taking time for us, Mike. We'll do it again down the road. Thank you. Okay, and th- sorry about my phone there. I apologize, guys. Thanks for having me on. Have a great day now. You got it. Thanks, there he is, too. Mike Babcock, the uh, head coach of the Maple Leafs. I was wondering that. Like, is he in the back of an ambulance or something? That phone was going off for a good minute and a half, two I minutes. Did. I didn't even here oh i heard it i was just focused do you know what's interesting though and i think it's a you know a little not a little bit of insight but mike talked about the environment and he talked about today you know there's a lot of talk about this player leaving and this player leaving you know i think you got to look at certain players that add a lot more in terms of what they're trying to build here than in what they can get in terms of a draft pick